This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter one still, and we're dealing with the children of Israel in Egypt and how They found themselves after several generations had passed and what had happened once, once the, the brothers pass away and they get to a king who does not know them. And the passage that we're in, starting with verse 11, because they, as the new Pharaoh takes in, he realizes that the children of Israel are many in his land and he begins to oppress them or afflict them. And you need to see and understand that what's going on here, not only what's going on here in the physical with with the Israelites, but also understand what's going on here in the physical, in the actual physical world and how, how that relates to your life and to what you're doing. I want you to notice it says, now this is the first verse that deals with how they directly dealt with the children of Israel. Verse 11, it says, therefore, why? What does therefore mean? Because... They were so many in the land because the new Pharaoh feared them because he wanted to gain control over them. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. Now, notice the taskmasters here are there to afflict them over their burdens. Now, in the real world, what they did was they gave them work to do. But in our spiritual lives, you need to see you need to see that the way the enemy tries to enslave us to the world, the way the world tries to control believers is they afflict us with our burdens. Now, you you have to understand what that means. You naturally have burdens. Now, I wouldn't say naturally in the way God originally created you do you have burdens, but we each and every one of us have a sin nature. And that sin nature, and this is what's so wild about our sin nature, even though there is no sin that's not common to man, meaning that we're, we, we are naturally sinful and that we, we do sin. And, but the Bible does say that, he, that we do invent new ways to sin. We come up with new ways to involve our flesh in sin. Even though the Bible teaches us that, you need to get that you have a sin nature that plays out in the world that you live in in a very unique way. Just like God made you uniquely to glorify him, so also your sin nature uniquely works out sin in this world. And remember, sin is doing something that's outside the will of God. And so we naturally, in our own walk with God, we naturally do things because of that sin nature given to us by Adam. The Bible says in Hebrews that through one man, Adam, sin entered the world. If it entered the world through Adam, 
then it was passed on to us in that sin nature, which means that we gained it by, I mean, it, it literally is an inheritance given to us by our fathers. And so that sin nature makes us makes us naturally tuned or naturally turned toward choosing our will, choosing the world's will, choosing someone else's will over God's will. And that makes us sinful. If I choose to do my own will over God's will, that's sin. If I choose to do what the world is trying to get me to do that I know is not in the midst of God's will, that's sin. If I choose to do what my friends or what my girlfriend or what my family wants me to do that I know is clearly outside of God's will, that's sin. And so sin, as you can tell, can get very complicated. It in when I in your life, your sin nature is very complicated. And remember, the enemy has been watching humanity for well, for millennia past, for thousands and thousands of years. And they know how to enslave. And when I say the enemy, I'm talking about the fallen angels. I'm talking about Satan. And I'm even talking about the demonic realm. Those enemies, they know how to afflict you with your burdens. They know how to attack. They've watched you enough and they know your bent or your tendencies in what you do that's against God's will. And so many people say, I was born this way. And in a sense, in a real sense, you are you were born this way. You were born with your bent or your tendency towards sin. But that's not an excuse for sin. If you say, I was born with anger issues and I've always been angry. I was an angry child. And so when I get angry, I just blow up on people and I'm violent. That 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 may be true. You may have always been an angry child. You may have always had that in your life. That does not mean that you have to be enslaved to that for the rest of your life. Person say, I've always been sneaky. I've always wanted to be private and not want everybody to know what I was doing. And I was I've always just around and done things. And that's why I steal. Uh I understand. Sure. You were born, that's that that's your natural bent toward things. And and that is how your life, as far as your personality and your desires in life, I understand that. But that's not excuse to that's not that doesn't stand before God as an excuse to sin. In fact, there is no excuse. There's no there's no legitimate reason to stand before God and say my will or my desires or me choosing the world's will and its desires or me choosing my own heart and my own mind over someone else's. There's no legitimate reason to do that in such a way that you can say to God, I'm justified in that. You're not justified in it. And so what the enemy does in order to, to enslave you is they know your burdens. They know your natural tendencies towards sin. They know the burden of sin that's on your heart. And so they make sure that knowing that they put you in a position to afflict you with those things. If, you're, if your sin nature has a sexual content to it, they put you in that position. If it's an addictive issue, they put you in that position. If it's an emotional issue, they put you in that position. Over and over again, the the world places us in positions where we are drawn or our desires lead us into that sin. And then they burden us with it. They afflict us with our burdens, and then they overwhelm us with it. And then they begin to, in our own hearts and our own minds, we begin to we begin to feel shame over it. And sometimes our reaction to shame can be 
m- multiplicative ways. One of the ways we react to shame is, that's just the way I am. You're going to have to deal with it. That's an aggressive way. Other ways we react to shame is we become sullen and separate ourselves. And notice all these things all the time separate us, not only from God, but it separates us from others who can help us. And when God is doing that in, in, in a believer's life, when the enemy's doing that in a believer's life, or when the enemy's doing that with someone whose God is calling to himself, <clears throat> makes it very difficult to get to them, doesn't it? They shut off, they shut out, they push away who God is and what it is. And so oftentimes God has to bring a person to a breaking point. He has to bring them to the, as you say, they have to hit rock bottom. Sometimes we say that, or they have to be at such a place of despair or loss that God can open their hearts and their minds up and allow them and allow him to step in and provide deliverance for them. The enemy is great at burdening us with sin, and we become enslaved to that sin. That sin begins to take over. And I'm going to tell you this. I believe this with every fiber of my being. The more I've, the more I've dealt with human beings in all kinds of realms, I've dealt with them in sports, and I've dealt with them in church, and I've dealt with them, I've dealt with them in the business world. I've dealt with them in, in the legal field. I've dealt with them. I just deal with people all the time in every situation around them. The more I am convinced I, that it's beyond, it, there, it's beyond doubt that humanity is burdened and struggling with sin. And that they, the, the, the sin that is in their heart separates them from God. It separates them from other people. It separates them from any feeling of purpose or direction. And it's devastating. It is just absolutely devastating. Sin or not God's best, not choosing the will of God over your own, over, uh, your own will is devastating and it's painful and it's a burden that oftentimes is so destructive in people's lives. And I see that over and over again, and I know it's out there and I know it's in my own heart. And every one of us struggles with what we're bent toward and we're enslaved to it. Whatever your bent is, you are enslaved to it and you struggle to be released or delivered from it. And that knowing that, Understanding that's true of every human being that I ever deal with. Understanding that's true with every, it gives me, uh, it gives me a feeling of hope and grace toward them because I realize that God's their only hope, and the only way they're going to ever be delivered out of it is grace is the grace of God. But for the grace of God, we'd all be destroyed. But for the grace and mercy of God, we'd all be lost, and we are. And when I look at a person, and sometimes these people are never going to be delivered. They're they're going to grab hold of their sin and hold it to the grave. But when I look around and see, I know that every person I'm talking to is enslaved some way to some struggle in their heart. And I can see it, even the best of people that I deal with in the world out there. I I think of there's a judge that I deal with. I can tell he's burdened with the position when he's dealing with some of these things because they'll sigh sometimes. And I'm thinking, yeah, that sign from that burden, that burden of sin, that burden of struggle, that burden of this world. Wow. You can just see it everywhere around you. If you'll just look, people react to their burdens different ways, but they're all a reaction to that struggle that sin has placed on them. And notice the world has us build for the world's purposes. It says, and they built for Pharaoh's supply cities, Pithon and Ramses, uh, 
notice there the world is building strength for itself out of our sin and our burdens and it always does it it always does but now i want you to i want you to notice in verse 12 even though verse 11 tells us how great the slavery and the struggle with sin is it says but the more they afflicted them the more they multiplied and grew notice god takes what is meant for evil and makes it good in your life now the apostle paul says if grace abounds where there's sin, shall we keep on sinning that grace might abound more? And the answer to that question is, by no means. No, we don't keep on sinning so that we can receive greater and greater grace. But you need to understand when you're dealing with people, when you're walking through life with people, when you're struggling through their burdens and their afflictions, you need to know that the affliction that the enemy would place on us is God's impetus for and greatness. And those things that afflict us the most are the things that God uses to make us the greatest in his kingdom. And what the world would desire to, to enslave us to, God delivers us from and makes us powerful because of it. And that's what verse 12 is saying. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew and the dread of the, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. Let me tell you something. The enemy that is afflicting us, the world that is trying to enslave us, the demonic that is trying to control us is in dread of us because we have the power of God inside of us. And even those you run into who are in the worst of afflictions, maybe in the depths of struggle, maybe in the deep crevices of despair, I want you to hear me today. The enemy is in dread of them if they see the power of God beginning to move on them, if they see the mantle of the Holy Spirit beginning to act in their life, they are in dread of it because there is no controlling the kingdom of God. The kingdom of this world has no power over the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God begins to move in the heart of individuals or begins to move in the heart of individuals, there's those are two separate things. When the kingdom of God begins to move into the heart of an individual, meaning God begins his initial work, his new birth, his life that he gives them, or when the kingdom of God begins to move within the heart of individuals, meaning he begins to move them out into the world. When that happens, the dread the world dreads us. They hate It's scary to them because they have no control over that kingdom. We have a kingdom in us that cannot be controlled by this world and cannot be stopped by this world and cannot be handled by this world. And when it begins to move, the world just has to step out of the way. It says, uh, so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with, with rigor, I mean, more intensity. They just, if you'll notice, the more we begin to move, the more the enemy ratchets up the intensity of the struggle. And that's true to that all the time. I know you do that all the time, that the enemy is ratcheting up the intensity of the struggle. You'll see that in people that you're trying to help, people you're trying to love through their struggle. When you see that going on, you'll see it ratchet up sometimes. I see it all the time. When somebody really begins to turn toward God, they're beginning to move toward that uh, that conversion experience. They're beginning to move to, toward that opportunity for God to really make a big, huge difference in their life. When you see that happening and going on, that all of a sudden the enemy will ratchet up. It'll just drive up 
the it'll just drive up the intensity of their sin. It'll place them in more and more positions to, uh, to indulge their sin. It, it it will it will try to destroy parts of their life so it'll take their focus off of God. I see that happening all the time, also. And <clears throat> all you can do is pour the grace, pour the love, and pour the expectation that God's going to continue to grow them. He's going to continue to make them. He's going to overcome that affliction. And it says, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and all manner of service in the field. Notice that the world and that sin and that bondage is in, ultimately, it is always bitter, isn't it? Isn't it always bitter? You're choosing your own will over God's will always leads to bitterness. You choosing your own heart over God's heart always ends in bitterness. It, and it is deep abiding pain. It is a taste that you can't get out of your mouth. It is a just one of those. You ever seen somebody who's maybe got a tooth issue or maybe got a digestive tract problem and they just can't get that taste out of their mouth? That's what the bondage of this world brings about. It brings about that taste in your mouth. And it, it's in more, if you ever dealt with mortar and brick, or you've dealt with the digging, digging in the dirt and the service in the field, that there's that grimy nastiness that, that comes with it. And I've definitely dealt with mortar or mixed concrete and used it in different places in my life. And then I definitely worked out in the field. My family has a farming background. I've done some of those things out there. It can be very rewarding and powerful, but Austin, but in the end, you just want to clean up. It's just a gritty, nasty bitterness. And that's what sin does. It brings about that gritty, nasty bitterness. And when you run across somebody who's bitter over their sin, oftentimes I either see that as a sign that they're, that they're lost and never coming back, or on the positive side, it's a sign that they're figuring it out and God's beginning to move in their life. And the context which I see them in usually tells me where God's going with this. And it says in their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. It was deep. It was continual. Rigor, rigor means that it, it just wraps itself around everything. It's involved in everything. And uh, sin usually encompasses us and uh, leads us down to destruction. But remember that verse 12 is still there. But the more we are afflicted with sin, the more the kingdom multiplies us and we grow. And don't lose heart in the midst of that, whether it's your sin that you're struggling with or it's somebody else's burden that you're trying to bear and help them through it. Don't lose yourself in that. Trust God and allow God to work out his increase and his purpose. It's really his kingdom that matters the most, and it's his will that's going to be done. You just need to join him in the midst of that. Pray we will do that. And in fact, that's the whole point of church. That's the whole point of being the body of Christ is that we would be a part of that. Praise God that he's put us in that position. And praise God that we get to join him in his work. And praise God that his work is completed by him and his son and the Holy Spirit. And we get to see it and watch it and be a part of it. I hope you'll begin to do that as we start this week. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. 
that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.